For a child has been born for us, a son given to us. Authority rests upon his shoulders, and he is named Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. Hey everybody, I'm Chris Dowd. And I'm Reagan Gilliland. And I'm Julie Henson. And this is Off Script, the podcast where we take a deeper dive on the most recent sermon series, talk about the theology behind it, and get a chance to discuss anything that ended up on the cutting room floor. And we are talking today about our Advent sermon series, which is on our Christmas carol, called The Spirit of Christmas. Yep. Christmas. And we did it early. We did it early. Some people caught that. Yes. So if you do devotionals from, you know, I mean, just about anywhere, I guess. Yeah. You would know that we were actually a week ahead on Advent. Mm-hmm. Yep. And why is that, Reagan? Because Christmas Eve falls on a Sunday. So rather than doing like trying to do Advent for and Christmas Eve on the same day, on the same day, it's a lot. So exactly. we, but I was surprised that you moved it up because you are kind of a rule follower. <laughs> You're an authentic know. Adventer. Um, I am. I am a rule follower. That's true. Especially with like. Liturgically, you're like, okay, no, they can't, you know. Typically, so I was yeah. very surprised. Yeah, you know what typically ends up on the cutting room floor? My all of my references to the lectionary because I run it by Whitney, and she's like, nobody cares about that except you. <laughs> <laughs> why, why do you keep saying that? Thank you, Whitney. <laughs> <laughs> so this year, so okay, the last two times that Christmas Eve has been on a Sunday, I've done the, and one was, I think once was in Henrietta, and once was in Sherman, and we did the very strict Advent mm-hmm. four in the morning. Christmas Eve in the evening, and inevitably, somebody shows up in the morning out of habit thinking they're going to do their Christmas Eve service, right? and they get some random <laughs> sermon about John the Baptist or whatever, mm-hmm. and so we felt like it would be just better to make Christmas Eve be Christmas Eve. Yeah. Yeah. But it was confusing. I even had my college, or like my best friend from my childhood texted me. She's like, so like, is Advent starting? Because I Googled it, and the UMC said like, and I need to have like time out my family devotion. I was like, well, my church is doing it tomorrow. Scott's church is starting next week, so you can just do whatever you ah, want. Ah, so Arapaho is going the, uh-huh. the traditionalist the way. The traditionalist. Is that ironic? It is, a little bit, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, so it's just... Yeah. Wait, so what are they going to do on Christmas Eve then? Is he going to preach two different sermons? I mean, don't sermons? give the times, because they're a competitor. Yeah, I think they're all different times, so you're all good. <laughs> all over the board. All over the board. Um, no, so yeah, they're doing... Advent four in the morning at eleven, and then they've got two Christmas Eve services, and then he'll do. Huh. Yeah. So t- is he preaching two different sermons on the same day? I think so. Yeah, I did. So I, that's what I remember about the last one was that I I preached two different. You yeah. did Advent four and then yeah, Christmas so. Eve. It's a doozy. It's yeah. I mean, it's tough. We always did like a lesson. So in Henrietta, when I didn't have an associate, we did lessons and carols or whatever in the morning. And then in the evening was Christmas Eve. And then in Sherman, I had an associate pastor, so she did the morning. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I did the evening stuff. So anyway, I like the way we're doing it this year. I think it's kind of a nod to reality for most people. Mm-hmm. I agree. Yep. So it's going to be great. It is going to be amazing. But it is weird like that we're done with that. Like the series, the Advent series, we're already done. Two weeks it out. Is, I'm mm-hmm. like, wait. Right? I mean, kind of genius. And so this Sunday's going to be great. Next week, yeah, exactly. This coming Sunday's lessons and carols. We'll talk about that at the end, and yeah. then also Christmas Eve is just two weeks away. And last night, 
Hark was awesome. I feel like you should have said it. Hark! Because there's an exclamation point. I feel like you didn't really... Right, this is audio only, and it has an exclamation point. Yeah. Hark! Yeah. Hark! Yeah, I (laughs) feel like you should have really did that when you our sound experts looking at me like yeah thanks for that (laughs) (laughs) i didn't need to hear it's fine um so yeah it's it's just yeah last night was great the the concert and so curious into lessons and carol so yeah the whole season's been really nice i mean the the church is beautifully decorated every year Mm -hmm. we've got double the number of poinsettias this Mm -hmm. year uh, from a gift from one of our members and like the the graphics for the series were all awesome yes um, the obviously the music's terrific this time of year. The Advent devotionals have been fantastic. You guys put those, you, you too, mm-hmm. and then Kristen and Mike put those mm-hmm. together. And it's just really, I, I mean, there's so many, many reasons that I love this time of year, but um, I just feel like, I feel like we do it right around here. So, mm-hmm. all right, so let's talk about a Christmas carol. Yeah, Christmas carol. Okay, so obviously, I, Chris, I know you've read it a million times. Yes, every year. Julie. I've read it twice. Twice. I've listened to it now three times. Um, I have not read it. So I know. I did. I was telling Chris, I tried to get it from the library and it was like eight weeks away. And I was like, well, Christmas will be over. A perennial classic. So oh, man. I'll try next year, I guess. <laughs> um, okay. So favorite, I think we've got favorite film version. I love the Muppets version. Yeah. You so the Patrick Stewart one was one we did in the sanctuary for turkey dinner and you were kind of like, eh. yeah, yeah, that's probably one and done for me. One and done. I mean Patrick Stewart's great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he, he he played it like just authentically. I mean it was probably the way Dickens envision, would have envisioned it. Mm-hmm. But um I don't know. I mean my new my favorite adaptation is Spirited. I talked about that. I was going to ask if you would count that as uh, Yeah, as an adaptation. Yeah. But, but but because it perfectly captures the core issue mm-hmm. of the, of the, mm-hmm. of the um, book um I, you know i saw scrooge back in the day with bill murray like in the theater and i love that version still it didn't i watched it again so a couple things didn't age quite as well as yeah. i <laughs> imagine yep um okay so favorite characters in in christmas carol mm-hmm. do you have a favorite character the nephew okay i love it i love his irrepressible like mm-hmm. i love his unconditional forgiveness of his uncle. Mm. And I love the fact that they, that Scrooge remembers, like he was really close with the, with the nephew's mother. Mm-hmm. They were, I mean, you know, like growing up, she was kind of a lifeline for him in a, in a angry world or a dismissive world. And, uh, with the, when, when he reconnects with that, I think it's, it's just really a powerful part of the story. Yeah. Did you, did you say one, Julie? I think it probably depends on the version. I, so I, I'm really stuck on the Muppets right now because I, I had sort of just forgotten about it. It just sort of lives nostalgically in my head. Um, but Tiny Tim in in the Muppets version in mm-hmm. the song and um, it is is it is sweet in a way that I had not um, uh, been drawn to in many years. Um, most of the time, you see the Tiny Tim character and you just feel sad. Mm-hmm. And so to sort of have a sweetness and see the sweetness of the family. Um, and that image together, I think, is is really pretty. Who plays really Who plays him in the Muppets? Is it Rizzo? <laughs> no, it's. I actually don't know. I mean, so Kermit plays Bob Cratchit. Yeah, it's a. It's like a little. Like a little version. A little of frog. Okay. Uh-huh. Okay. Mm-hmm. Not yeah. 
standard character. Yeah, is that? Yeah, I was about to say. I don't think it's a standard character, I don't but think so. we're Marley and Marley. <laughs> <laughs> My favorite line that I just cackled at when we watched it a couple of weeks ago um, was uh, Kermit. Or the two narrators. Who narrates in the in the Muppets? Yeah, yeah, it's Gonzo. It's Gon- yeah. Gonzo says to the the mouse, who's the mouse? That's Rizzo, who just yes, think, yeah, yeah, who just keeps you know just falling into mischief. He said, "I knew you were not cut out for literature." <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> and somebody, I'm not sure. I'm not sure anyone told Michael Caine exactly what the Muppets were all about because he played that. Oh, I know. Straight like. Mm-hmm. You know, Shakespearean. He did ultimate seriousness. Yeah, yeah, he did so great. Um, okay. Uh, all right. So Advent. Some I think every year people are like, "Why do we? What is Advent? What does it mean? What do the candles mean?" So, what does Advent actually? What's the word mean? Aha! Uh-huh. Would you like that? So there's another thing ended up on the cutting okay. room floor. Go. Mm-hmm. So, what, usually when I give lang- a word in a foreign language, Whitney rolls her eyes at me. <laughs> As so. do I. So <laughs> <laughs> it's, it comes from the Latin Adventus, mm-hmm. which means coming, like arrival. Mm-hmm. And so, and I've talked about this in the sermon yesterday. There's actually three comings of Christ, arrivals of Christ that we're supposed to be celebrating this time of year. Obviously, preparing for Christmas is part of it, but it's, and I'm bad about this because I want to focus on Christmas for all, you know, just all month, which mm-hmm. is not really what you're supposed to do. Christmas has its own. Mm-hmm. season right the whole 12 days of christmas mm-hmm. thing between christmas day or that's christmas eve and epiphany but it's to obviously to celebrate the, or prepare for the uh incarnation celebration of incarnation um and then to remind ourselves that he's coming again someday but then there's this daily like born born in us anew every time mm-hmm. we wake up and and claim our faith which is actually the most important part of the whole season. And so it's a really ancient celebration in the church. I mean, it's been around since uh, I think the ninth century, something like that. I said that in the first week. I don't have my manuscript in front of me, but it's been around for a long, long time. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, older than that, maybe 500s or something like that. I'll look it up. But it's almost as old as Lent. Mm-hmm. And those are the two seasons where we're really invited to just take a deep dive on our faith. Lent is obviously more, or it seems more spirit, more heavy mm-hmm. getting ready because you're kind of leading up to Good Friday before you get to Easter. So this is, it's got a little bit of a different feel, especially in a culture that has entirely co-opted Christmas for its own commercial ends. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's the, that's the point of it. And then the candles, <laughs> it depends on, like the book of worship has one set of things, mm-hmm. peace, love, joy, way, the way, Christ the way. Mm-hmm. Hope is in there oftentimes, but yeah. it just depends on what you're reading. I mean, that's in the Catholic Church. What the third one's always pink, and I wish we would just go to all purple because people have a hard time remembering which one's pink yeah. and how you order, how you mm-hmm. you know light them in the right order and all that. Mm-hmm. So uh, my mom swears that uh, you, you Methodists didn't always do like Advent. That's right, we didn't for a long, like, long time. She's like, as a kid, uh, we never did that. <laughs> Yeah, no, I think really? that's, that's right. Yeah, it was a, it was like when I don't I don't think we really added it again until maybe the late seventies. Okay. Huh? Yeah, yeah. So it's just funny, like different denominations or people like yeah, they definitely don't do mm-hmm. Advent or the Advent candle. That's no. just kind of foreign. I mean, I grew up obviously Catholic, where we didn't yeah. 
did all of them. Let me see here. I'm looking up. Anyway, keep going. Um, okay. So, yeah, it is that. But the third kind of arrival when you're talking about the, the daily, I thought that was interesting. Mm-hmm. Like, that was like, oh. I think you talked about that more so in one of your benedictions, I think. Every morning we – yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, every morning we wake up and he is born anew in us yeah. mm-hmm. if we allow that. And ultimately, that's way more important. <laughs> I mean, what, the – end of days, final judgment thing. I mean, I believe in that because I'm very orthodox in my theology, but the, I mean, he says in, in the, in the new Testament, not to worry about it. Right. Mm-hmm. We don't know when it's coming. So don't sweat it. Yeah. And the celebration of his birth is, you know, obviously wonderful and incredible. So that we have plenty of time to celebrate that though mm-hmm. on Christmas and we do it in a lot of other ways. Yeah. Um, okay. My next question. Can we start telling people they are, Covetous old sinners. I love that line. Yes. I just thought. I've been waiting for years. <laughs> if we could just tell people that. <laughs> I'm going to address all my emails to people that. <laughs> yes, thank you for contacting me. Um, okay, so the background of Scrooge is that... Can Julie talk about Scrooge's upbringing and like what what made Scrooge who he is? Like, uh, Yeah, that? so we get some of that when we uh, are visited with the ghost of Christmas past and uh, Chris is going to have to help me some with the timeline there, but some of what the ghost of Christmas past does is shows Scrooge, not only times in his past where things could have gone differently or where he started to veer in a different direction, but also showed him how painful his childhood was to um, living in poverty and really in this scarcity means and survival means. And so, so part of looking at the past and part of looking at Scrooge's past is not only just seeing some of the mistakes he made, but also seeing why he is the way he mm-hmm. is. Um, and, and really as a reader uh, starting to really understand, is there, is there any way to have any sort of infant, um, empathy mm-hmm. for this uh, covetous old sinner, um, and and if so, does that lie in some things that have happened to him in the past? Okay, anything to add, Chris? Yeah, I mean, I think the ghost of Christmas past. I think that that chapter sets a does does a couple things. It, it, in like internally in the in the course of the story, it does remind Scrooge. That not everything was bad in the past. Mm-hmm. Okay, because <laughs> Mr. Fezziwig, his first boss, he adored, and uh, he, like Fezziwig, gave Scrooge opportunities he wouldn't have otherwise had, and he was kind to him in ways he didn't have to be. And so, Scrooge remembers, obviously, his own employee Bob Cratchit. He mistreats terribly. Mm-hmm. So you get that awakening in Scrooge. But then as the reader, it gives us sympathy for him because he really did live, uh, he was abandoned as a child. Mm -hmm. And so the point that I made with that first sermon was that the way, the way we grew up can't help but shape who we are. But then what we do with that as adults is up to us. Mm -hmm. And like, I honestly, if, if people have not read a Christmas Carol, you just have to read it. It's hard to describe how, uh, it's a, it's a short book, it's 126 pages in, I th- in most versions that I've read. Um, so it's a novella, really. Mm-hmm. And the density of his prose, but the poetry of his prose, not mm-hmm. in the rhyming kind of the poetry that right. I don't like, but like this, <laughs> the, like it's so evocative. Mm-hmm. 
in such a short amount of, of space um, that I, there's so much that happens with that Ghost Christmas Pass, all of it. Well, and it's so heartbreaking, too. Chris, you talked about this in your sermon as well, but the um, the former uh, lover with Scrooge, yeah. that scene is yeah. heartbreaking oh, to me. Yes. I mean, he just gets dumped, for lack of better words, and not for good reason, you know, not for not not making some mistakes but it's just so sad it's just so sad like he created his own reality and and the version that we saw with patrick stewart i thought that mm -hmm. scene was just perfectly done mm -hmm. because he, patrick stewart portrays old scrooge looking back and realizing what a massive mistake he made yeah mm. in not changing yeah <laughs> whatever else he loved about whatever else he was satisfied with about his life looking back on that scene, he realizes how much he missed and then goes to Christmas past, takes Scrooge to that woman's current household setting. Mm -hmm. oh. And he sees what he, and I didn't talk about that. I didn't have time to talk about that in the yeah. sermon, but he sees what he could have had oh. with the, I mean, I'm talking about with the kids, the whole nine. Oh. It is. It's so well done. Yeah. It's so gut wrenching. Golly. Um, so obviously like I haven't read the book, but it, it did make me think about, having that empathy for people like, you know, when we come across difficult people, uh, knowing their story mm -hmm. can provide a little bit of grace and love. And I think not, um, it's just so easy. Like, well, that person's just an awful person. And like, gosh, if we took the time, um, to get to know people's stories, we might have a little bit more. <laughs> yeah. And I think at any and... given point, we only know a fragment of someone's. Yeah someone's story i found the dates it was in a column it was not in a sermon so we've been so sorry no go yeah, for yeah. it uh, yeah we, we've been celebrating advent since the fifth century uh, ad or uh, bc okay. uh no ad 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 fifth century ad so uh what's that 400s right mm -hmm. so that means that we've been uh celebrating commemorating advent for more than a thousand years longer than israel had been waiting for a messiah when Jesus showed up, that's how, that's, that's how long. Wow, right? That's that's hard math for me. <laughs> so think, give her so a minute. Think She'll of, get there. <laughs> like when we read, honestly, yeah. you read Jesus' story, yeah. like you and and you can feel in the in the uh, unfolding of his story the uh, the weight of expectation for the Messiah. Mm -hmm. Right? It's like it's been it's like with the we've been waiting forever, mm -hmm. but more than a thousand years longer than that. They had been waiting. Yeah. We have been, been celebrating not only the, that original birth, but also his come, his returning. Yeah. So we, we, um, lament and wonder why we live in, in a decreasingly religious society, but we're much, we're farther and farther and farther away from those events than, mm -hmm. than they were back in the day. Mm-hmm. I just think that puts it in perspective. Yeah. Yeah. That's a long time. <laughs> um, okay. So you kind of touched on this a little just now, but uh, the Isaiah, week one was the Isaiah text. So mm -hmm. the status of the Jewish people had been waiting. Right. And so what was going on actually in that context? Well, so the Isaiah text is uh, a text that was originally written before the messianic expectation began. Okay. 
And so, you know, there's uh you have to, you really kind of, Isaiah is such a complicated book. You, you really have to be in kind of like a semester long study to, to really unpack it. But you're talking about the eighth century BC. So in the 700s BC, right around the time when the Northern kingdom was going to fall to the Assyrians. And, you know, the, um, the history of the monarchy and then the monarchies, because there's two separate kingdoms uh, in the history of Israel, is complicated. There are more kings than any of us can remember, one or two of whom were any good. And so the original text, like the one that I read at the beginning of the podcast about the child's been born to us, I mean, that that's about a human expectation for a, mm-hmm. for a competent ruler. Mm-hmm. And what happens is over time, so if that was written in, say, 730, right, so a, dec- a decade or so before the fall of the northern kingdom to the Assyrians, well, that's still more than a century until the fall of Jeru- uh, Judah to mm-hmm. Babylon in 587. Um, and then once we're in the exile, <laughs> there, it, it, like this, it's this unfolding realization that human rulers... Uh, are a total mess. And unless they're anointed by God, which is what Christ means, Messiah means, mm-hmm. then they're just going to keep screwing up over and over and over again. So at the time when Jesus was born, our faith ancestors are, uh, I would say Jewish brothers and sisters still are, mm-hmm. uh, expecting a God anointed ruler who will set things right in this world. And of course the whole thing with Jesus, he turns it on, on his head. He does, begin to set things right, but it's not in a, not at the heaven army kind of Mm -hmm. way. Um, and so over the years, Isaiah is the most quoted, uh, old Testament book in the new Testament. And the early, the early church ends up, um, finding really its identity for, uh, Jesus identity in the suffering servant passages, Mm -hmm. in these old messianic passages from, uh, like Isaiah Mm nine, Um, and reinterprets it to mean what we understand it to mean, which is a spiritual savior mm-hmm. through whom the world will be changed um, uh, through his followers. But that's a lot of complicated theology, and a lot has to happen over the centuries between right. the, the original writing. Right, the original text, or the original intent of the text, too. Okay. That was a lot. Got it. Um, we'll quiz you later. Yeah, please do. Um so yeah, you both talked about um, kind of throughout the the sermon series, but like that there's a personal or individual transformation and also a transformation of the world. How does Christ do both? Either one of you can answer that. Oof. Yeah. I mean, the transformation starts with us individually. Mm-hmm. And then... I mean, ideally, through the church, I'm kind of a company man, mm-hmm. but so is Jesus. When yeah. it comes to that. <laughs> there you go. We, we change. I mean, by making the world more merciful, by making the world more interested in God's understanding of justice, mm-hmm. um, by having people who are uh, who are raised spiritually to, spiritually to love God and love others. So that's how transformation happens. Yeah. And so the the way that a Christmas carol is the perfect way to unpack that theology is through the through the individual transformation. And so at the end of the sermon yesterday I talked about Dickens' original intention which was to write 
a pamphlet yeah calling people on the carpet basically for child exploitation mm-hmm. and that would have been a drop in the ocean mm-hmm. people would have read it and forgotten about it yep but instead he tells the story of a of a man who was hardened by the world by his experience with the world mm-hmm. who became something less than he's really called to be mm. and whose uh whose sole employee is uh, on the receiving end of a society that exploits children <laughs> so he's got a dying son he's got two daughters who work in basically uh sweatshops yeah, and can't make ends meet yeah and so rather than preaching at us through a, a pamphlet which probably would have been very well written because mm-hmm. he was an excellent writer he gives us this this book that ends up i mean 200 years later it's, it still endures i mean there's still new adaptations of it and the incredible irony of it is that in victorian england it was called the new gospel yeah that part i was like Wait, what? They called it. They called it the new gospel. And Dickens like, uh, no, no, no. This is the gospel, like the original <laughs> gospel. That's so. Dickens. What was his like affiliation? Like, was he? I guess Church I'd, of England. Church of England. Yeah. Okay, so yeah, I had no idea that. And D, I mean, when you read his any of his, I mean, I don't think anyone can read too much Dickens. All of his, all of his work is very much about kind of social justice themes, mm-hmm. and it grows out of his faith. I mean, his understanding of what Jesus would want for this. Christian society versus what an industrialized nation uh, goes through at the beginning of that industrialization yeah. process. And sorry, one last thing. John Wesley was just worried about it. Like, yeah, that's what I was about to say. I said there's this great correlation between him and John Wesley. And I was about to ask sort of how close to uh, uh, Dickens' life was he to the Reformation and to that time frame? Uh, well, so... Uh, Christmas Carol was written in 1843. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, Wesley died in, what, 93, 1793? Mm-hmm. So, okay, so knowing we can't change our past, like, what what would be your encouragement to someone that says, gosh, I've messed up so much, I've made so many mistakes, like, what's our encouragement to someone that needs to, you know, what are some practical steps for them? Well, I mean, that's the whole point of the story mm-hmm. that even Dickens at his very advanced, I mean, Dickens, Scrooge at his very advanced age, um, when his shortcomings are clearly pointed out to him, he, through the power of free will, which we absolutely believe in as Methodists, um, chose a different path and it made all the difference. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Those last few paragraphs of a Christmas Carol are just beautiful. And, um, I mean, we, we all believe that we believe, I mean, we believe in the power of deathbed conversions for that matter, mm-hmm. that what's right, what, what's the goal is to be in a right relationship with God and then to live our lives accordingly. As people of grace, we, there's never a time, there's never a bad time for that. <laughs> there, there are not enough mistakes in our past to negate the importance of making a, the choice to do the right thing. Mm-hmm. I think that the, one of the things that this series, especially talking about the past did for us is help us not only to recognize in our own lives how things can be different and that the past doesn't have to define us, but how we can also give that grace to other people. Uh, One of the things I talked about, because it was the week, that first week was the week after Thanksgiving. How often do we say, oh, well, that's just the way so-and-so is, or that's Mm -hmm. just the way things are. And do we 
do we have an allowance? Do we have enough grace to let somebody change to, to give them forgiveness enough um, and even hope enough to, to, to do things differently. Um, and so uh, part of what happens in Scrooge's life, especially with like Bob Cratchit is as much as he is surprised by Scrooge's change, he also allows for it to happen, um, which then is part of the change that happens at the end. And the redemption that happens is all around relationship at the end of Scrooge's life. It's not just the personal inward transformation, but it's the effect that it then had on the relationships around him and how they were defined as well. Yeah. It just made me think about, I know, I know the dialed household and I think you asked Dr. Becky Kennedy was a parent. I know Whitney yeah, loves her. Yeah, yeah. Um, her big thing is like, it's never too late to make a repair with your, with your child. Mm. Like, even if like they're a grown adult, like you can yeah. still say sorry, but it just made me think about it. It's never too late to, yes. Um, make some sort of change, whether it's in a Paul asking for forgiveness or uh, meeting with a therapist or a counselor or going to a meeting or whatever it is like, and it goes to like Christ being born anew in it mm-hmm. each day, like each day Every you day. have this chance mm-hmm. to like, mm-hmm. um, so I was, I felt encouragement for those that were listening to those me- from both of yours of like, okay, uh, what has happened? Yeah, we can't change it, but like, does it mean that's the track you always have to be on? And so, mm-hmm. It's a good story. I need to read the book. I know. Um, Okay. Week two. We're just week two. Uh, (laughs) You talked about uh, how present circumstances aren't always good. Mm -hmm. Uh, The text on that. Did you guys preach on the same text that day? Yeah, we we did on on the the second one. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. So remind our listeners what week two's text was. Mark chapter one verses one through and how is mark different than the other gospels in the beginning oh mark starts at the river mark starts at baptism okay and so um and we can tie this into week three as well but chris that was something i didn't know that that the lectionary always has at least two of starting with john the baptist (laughs) and so i mean going back to the idea of arrival and arriving isn't that crazy i just had never I spend so much time in Luke and we spend so much time yeah, at the right, manger course, and yeah, in the story that I had never really realized where that you could start somewhere different than that. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. It is fast. Like yeah. there, you know, I, we use the lectionary probably somewhere between 15 and 60% of the time. And usually it's on the, you know, like Easter and mm-hmm. Pentecost. And, um, but the fact that, we're recommended to start the year with with two weeks of emphasis on John the Baptist, knowing full well we're going to do is the baptism of the Lord in January. Mm-hmm. Yeah, is uh, I find that fascinating because it's about this middle coming, like it's about this middle John the Baptist pointing the way mm-hmm. to him, um, which I just think is highly, highly appropriate. And so, yeah, so Mark. Doesn't have a birth narrative. Doesn't care about the birth narrative. Doesn't care about anything before he gets baptized. And um, so in that moment, God kind of claims, in Mark's theology, God claims Jesus as his own. And I think in the story, in the Christmas Carol, uh, Christmas present is tough in a lot of ways. I mean, Scrooge is alone and on a path to dying alone. Mm Mm-hmm. The Cratchits are really struggling. Uh, His nephew, who doesn't have any other living relatives, is 
had to, has to choose his own family because mm-hmm. his, his own his blood mm-hmm. abandoned him. And so I I thought it was important that second week to acknowledge what I am not inclined to acknowledge. <laughs> like the, I, I'm not naive uh, and, and bad stuff has happened to me during the holidays. And so the holidays can sometimes be a time of difficulty, especially if you've recently lost someone or mm-hmm. lost someone around the holidays or whatever. Um, so what, what I did that week was to, to point to the promise of, of the Messiah that even if all is not well now, all shall be well. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's the promise of our faith. So, that's what I did with it. And the fact that Mark doesn't begin with a sentimental, uh, although I'm not sure the other gospels would have considered necessarily sentimental, but we sentimentalize the, yeah. the birth narrative, mm-hmm. uh, that he just begins at the river. So a good way to put that. Um, I think is a good, is a good starting place to acknowledge when things aren't great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and which is such a funny contrast to the ghost of Christmas present who is the jolliest. jolly and right. happy. But one of the things I talked about was there's this sort of mischievous quality in that too of like I'm gonna show you something that's gonna hurt you mm. and that's that's going to disturb you and bother you. And then just when you wrap your mind around, we're gonna go somewhere else. Mm. And so especially the book talks about how they go all over town and see all of these different images and and how Scrooge can just barely take it by the end. Um, and so it, so it's just this interesting contrast of this jolly you know, <laughs> ghost and these images that are disturbing. And one of the things that I did with the text, because oftentimes when we talk about Jesus' baptism and John the Baptist, we talk about repentance. And mm-hmm. so I talked about how um, the first week, uh, as, as Scrooge goes through his past, he has these images. Uh, he begins to feel remorse, I think, for the first time. It's that awareness and awakening um towards um feeling feeling sorry and feeling um like you could do things differently um but then that second week is really for for me around repentance like oh then maybe i should actually do something different maybe mm-hmm. there should be some re- repentance in me some mm-hmm. change in me um that then leads to the redemption that we find um in the ghost of christmas future and what i found interesting in uh in, in Mark specifically, is just how quickly we get there. Um, Mark just does not dawdle. It's just very action oriented. It is very present oriented. And so, um, and so there's this sort of notion of no delay. Like today is the day. Carpe diem now is the time. And so, especially to have it on a communion Sunday, um, hearing John the Baptist's words of, come to the river now and in hearing how people were coming um, quickly um, and immediately to, to follow Christ and to come to the river um, and then to put communion in front of people as this sort of ordinary thing. Um, there was, there was a sense for me of we can have some, we can be reminded of the past mm-hmm. and we can plan for the future, but really, you know, it's, it's that very, um, cliche, we only have today, you know, and so what is right in front of you today? Mm-hmm. What can you do differently today? Um, which felt very fitting to go into communion with. Now the ghost of Christmas present is jolly, but there's two things that are, um, number one, he ages so, he so does, that, so yes. that by the end of the, their time together, he's mm-hmm. dying because okay. he's present. You okay. know, he only lasts one day. Yeah. 
And the other thing is, he is the ghost who turns Scrooge's words on himself. Yes. So, oh, they should just die and decrease the surplus population. It's a very Malthusian mm-hmm. way of yeah. looking at the world. And he's got those uh, ignorance and want, mm-hmm. the two like skeleton children who were living in his robes. Like So the point that, that Dickens was going to make in his pamphlet, the ghost of Christmas present actually makes, yeah. even though he begins as this kind of jolly green giant figure. Mm-hmm near the end of his life as he's dying he challenges scrooge with his own because you get the you do get the initial sense of regret in mm-hmm. christmas past and then christmas present basically drives the point home so yeah. that by the time christmas yet to come shows up scrooge is like i get it i don't just, even know what to do <laughs> just tell me i can change yeah. i just want to just tell me i can change is yeah. it possible to change please mm-hmm. tell me that this is not for this is not all for naught yeah yeah I'm telling you, the pacing of the story is brilliant. Okay. Yeah. What happens, I guess, what happens to Scrooge when he sees his, his grave and all the things? Like, what is, what's his actual response? I read that part in yesterday's sermon where he, he, he knows, he knows, he's, he gets it by that point, right? So the body that is covered with the sheet, he has to know that's him, even though the way the scene's described it could be any bed anywhere. Um, but he sees these people who have stolen his stuff and are pawning it off. But he has to know it's his stuff. So it, when he's at his grave and the ghost of Christmas yet to come is not talking, just pointing, right? He says, please tell me that I can change this outcome. Like he, it's a, he's past repentance at that point and he's into, uh, choosing a new life and he wants and he's just fearful that he's that it's it's too late and it's, and his point is J- surely jacob marley wouldn't have given me this opportunity if it was not possible to change mm-hmm. it is it's it's emotionally intense man. yeah yeah hmm. so yeah you kind of pose this in yours julie like if and for both of you like if you could see into your future would you mm-hmm. want to see how your life played out mm-hmm. what do you think i don't think so i don't either I don't know. What about you, Chris? Um, well, it depends on what you mean. Like, is it a Scrooge situation where it's an opportunity to change some things that you don't realize maybe they need changing? Or is it just to see how it all plays out? I mean, I, God knows. Mm-hmm. And that's enough for me, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't think I'd want to see. I like surprises. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> well, you, you, you're cooking one up right now. I know. Yeah. So I talked about, talked that, about yesterday that yesterday too. <laughs> I, I, I don't like surprises, but Kyle and I are not finding out the gender of this child yeah, because, well, we didn't with James. And so I feel like this is something I can do for my husband is the real honest truth. Mm-hmm. But, um, and we're really happy regardless of the gender. Yeah. Um, we just would like one that's a little bit quieter than our, than yeah. our Good luck. older Is that one. gender specific? <laughs> no, yeah. no, it is not. Uh, hasn't proven to be in our family. Mm-hmm. Um, but his mom told us, I think even before we got married, um, she said something along the lines of there are few real surprises left in life. Yeah. Why not? why not embrace this one? And so it was one where I felt like, okay, I can do that. But, um, but one of the things I asked in terms of if you could know the future, you know, would you want to know a week, a day, you know, how, and what, you know, and so, and so I focused on Mary in this last week because, you know, 
different from the angels going to the shepherds, you know, the angels are telling the shepherds about something to go see that has already happened. Same thing with the Magi following a star of something that has already happened. With Gabriel, the angel Gabriel and Mary, he is foretelling her something that is going to happen. He is not giving her the whole story, not telling her exactly what's going to happen, but giving her this. There should be a song about that if she knew. There should be a song about that. Oh, if Mary knew? Yeah. What would we call it? I don't know. Like Mary, Mary, if you, Mary, if you know, Mary, did did you you know? know? I don't know. Just an idea. Yeah. Anyway. Now, you're, are you a hater of that song? There, there are mean, people that like the hate for that song is out of control. I mean, it's kind of like, is it just because it's overdone or because it's? I mean, is there a Christmas carol that's not uh, right? Quote unquote. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, can, and and then the follow up question: Can you really overdo a song about our greatest theology? Yeah, that's sort of what I think. But but what's the what's the argument about the hate of that song of course she knew of course she knew oh. you know and, and that's a dumb that's a dumb response <laughs> how would she know she's like 13 what are you even talking about uh, yeah. that's funny so i interrupted your, your <laughs> you're welcome oh it's fine but i was just saying you know he gabriel doesn't give her the full mm-hmm. the full story he gives her this glimpse into to just some information um and uh uh you know, I I do I do think that while we don't know massive pieces about what our future holds, I do think that there's information and pieces that God promises us and tells us about. Mm-hmm. One being Emmanuel, that God is with us, that regardless of the big things, that that is what we are promised. Um, and does that actually mean something for us? And does it mean something for us outside of lighting that candle on Christmas Eve? And singing Silent Night. Yeah. I just thought about how, um, I know we don't, we don't emphasize a lot as United Method is like the end of times or like Mm -hmm. heaven or hell, like hell, you know, but like, um, you know, we don't do, we don't live a certain way because we necessarily, we just want that reward in the end. And it really is about that present, like transformation each day, like the things Mm -hmm. we get to experience and encounter and, and, um, and sometimes I think some denominations get so obsessed, like, well, you need to do this so then you can have heaven. And it's like, well, mm-hmm. no, heaven is, heaven is like parts of it are here now. Like we get to experience of course. parts of it. And yes. so, and that's biblical. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Um, so I think about seeing our lives, like, no, I just want to, cause I, w- I don't want it to change necessarily like how I live because mm-hmm. like I should already be like living a certain way a little bit. I don't know. Yeah. I don't need that like carrot. Yeah, um, really. I mean, I just... and you know Wesley's dying words. Do you remember him? This is not a quiz, but he, he his last words were, "Best of all, God is with us." Mm-hmm. I mean, that's like that's Methodist theology. Mm-hmm. God's with us now. God is God will be with us in the end. And so, I, you know, there are times when I re- when I'm reading Christmas Carol, just thinking, Scrooge, gosh, man, you should have been raised Methodist, like you would. <laughs> Like you would have gotten the grace thing and yeah. and sanctifying grace would have been a thing. Like sanct- going on to perfection would have been a thing, mm-hmm. but he gets there in the end. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, I know, I know the answer to this, but, um, obviously we believe that people can be redeemed. Oh, like, I mean, obviously, yeah. Uh, unredeemable. You've seen, you've both seen spirited. Yeah. Oh yes. yeah. 
I mean, it's so. I good. need to watch it ag- again. I was so you. I so didn't good. watch it last year. I just oh. watched it for the first time like a week and a half ago. Okay. So good, and yeah, it was it was very good. Like theologically, it is so sound mm-hmm. and uh, funny. Yeah, and those two together are, hilar- are hilarious. And yeah. Very clever. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I think so. With the whole redemption thing, you know, people are like, um, I do appreciate that. We, we are addressing that this season, it is, there is a lot of joy, but there's also a lot of like pain and, and grief and, and all this. Um, and I don't, there's some theology that I think, well, you know, just pray about it. Things will be okay. I'm like, no, hey, you that's know, not the way it it's goes. not the way it is. Like things will be okay. Yes. All will be well. Yes. All manner mm. of thing shall be well. Yeah. Right. That's Teresa of Avila, I think. Mm. Um, but that doesn't necessarily mean now or on my time or right. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I think with, uh, uh, thinking about can things really be redeemed or can people be redeemed? Like I will get kind of like whatever you call it. She's like, yeah, like relationships can be redeemed. Oh my like, gosh, things, yeah. like mm-hmm. I know that sounds like just a bunch of baloney, but like I've seen it. I uh, like, I know it. Like it's, that's one thing that I'm like, yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, and like you said, not necessarily in our time or how we mm-hmm. thought think, but I, we have to believe that. Mm-hmm. You know, if we think, well, I don't know, some people just aren't redeemable. Like, okay, so we're going to limit God. <laughs> like, there's such a like. That's, <laughs> that's precisely right. Right. And and by the way, that then uh, should affect the way we feel about a lot of policy in the world, mm-hmm. right? I mean, I'm not. I, mean, I guess I don't. We don't probably want to open up a death penalty conversation. Yeah. Here, but like, if we truly believe mm-hmm. that no one is unredeemable, mm-hmm. that God that the power of God can do things we can never imagine, Correct. then that should affect the way um, that we feel about everyone else, mm-hmm. even the worst among us. Yes. There are plenty of worst among us, right? Right. But, but that doesn't mean that God can't uh, get in there and work miracles. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and whose job is it to do the redeeming? Cause it's, it's not mine. Yeah. Holy spirits. Redeemed. You know? Yeah. And so I, I can answer that if I think it's my job my job is to be a grace-filled person that believes that it's possible mm-hmm. good afternoon <laughs> <laughs> if you've never seen spirited you gotta yeah is that you think that's true by the way the what? good afternoon thing mean, being an insult i don't know or did they just totally make that up because it's, it's hilarious yeah yeah i'd never thought about it like it was one of those where like i laughed and then went wait no, I, I I think they made that up. I think they made that up, but I don't know. <laughs> to look it up. Oh man. Um. Okay. Anything else you all want to share? I thought it was really good. Seriously, hopefully it encouraged people to also go read a Christmas Carol, including myself. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I but, think I think what I appreciate about the book is that it gave us a chance to talk about three different, three different, um, three very different, very important aspects of the season. Mm-hmm. And, um, sometimes and I, I, I mentioned this yesterday, sometimes we can just get so focused on preparing for Christmas that we lose sight of kind of the broader theological picture. And so I, it was inspiring for me in that way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm taking away the daily arrival. That's, yeah, that's a thing. Yeah. That's really good. Excellent. Okay. So what's coming up next couple of weeks? What's coming up on, cause you're working hard on this right now. On Sunday, what are we doing? Sunday is Lessons and Carols. You're trying to find a lot of readers. I'm f- trying to find some readers. I was readers. about to say, is she singing or something? <laughs> and why wasn't Maybe. I asked um, to sing? So yeah, we've got, 
uh, yeah, our big lessons in Carol. So we'll be reading different stories and great music. And um, so it's just going to be a great um, service and at all of our, all of our service. And then we've got a service of the longest night on the 21st. Um, so that'll be in the sanctuary and that's a really good service. You know, whether you've just had a hard year or you lost someone or lost a job or just things are strained in your life. It's just, it, or someone, you know, has, and you yeah, want to bring them. it's, yeah, it's a really, uh, just comforting kind of safe, like, you know, where you can acknowledge and you don't have to feel awkward if you're like, you know, mm-hmm. you know, you don't have to pretend you don't have to come in with a smile on your face, like just yeah. come as you are. Um, and then Christmas Eve. Yeah. So that's the 24th. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Very good, Reagan. Yes. Um, so we've got our 10 a.m. children's service mm-hmm. in the sanctuary, 4 p.m. modern with Julie in Underwood Hall, mm-hmm. 6 p.m. in the sanctuary, full orchestra, choir, all the things with Chris. Um, you and I both be there. Yeah. I'm, I'm preaching that I'm one. I'm in there too. Yep. Um, <laughs> and then at 8 p.m. as with communion, I'll be preaching that. So it'll yep. be me and Mike. Yep. And then 10 p.m. will be communion youth choir with Chris and Kenzie. Yes. And then our church will be closed that next week. <laughs> yes. <so. laughs> Praise the baby Jesus. We'll have some, some quiet days after that. Yes. But it's going to be, yeah, I can't believe it's already here. here. I know. Yeah, I know. Here. It's been a great year. It has. So, all right, y'all. You got two more weeks of Advent for spiritual preparation. <laughs> Hope you take advantage of uh, all the wonderful things going on around the church. And we'll be back next time with a Christmas Eve slash Christmas edition of uh, Offscript. Thanks, y'all. God bless. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Offscript. It was hosted by Reverend Chris Dowd and Reverend Reagan Gilland. Produced by Ashley Danner as a part of the Christ United Podcast Ministries. You can visit cumc.com backslash podcasts in order to see all of the series we have available. Like, subscribe, and follow us so that you don't miss a single episode. Thank you for supporting us. Have a great week.